Okay, then. Ron Wolfley. Ron Wolfley. What is up? <laughs> Witch buster. Extraordinaire. Love that guy. Luke Lipinski. Yay. Wolf and Luke. Arizona Sports. The local sports leader. Live from the auction community studios on this Tuesday morning, it is the Wolf and Luke Show. I'm Luke. Sitting to my right is Wolf. What's up, Wolf? What's going on, Luke? How are you, buddy? Uh, I'm good. It's good okay. to have you back. Yeah, it's, it's so good to be back right now. Broadcasting across the airwaves of the basin. Yes, it feels really, really good on this Tuesday. Not the most productive day of the week, Paul Calvisi. It is not. We all know it's Thursday, but nonetheless, we endeavor and we shall broadcast. <laughs> so we are going to prove Paul Calvisi wrong by being as unproductive as That's possible right. for the next exactly. four hours. All right, I'm on board with that. That makes it a lot easier. What's on your mind, Luke? Uh, what's on my mind is I'm, I'm ready for, for playoffs to start. Okay. And I guess we get play-in games tonight. We'll get into that in a little bit. Whatever's left of Minnesota after they just self-destructed over the weekend plays the Lakers. Uh, but I'm ready for the playoffs to start. And um, we, Kevin Ray, who was in for you yesterday, and I, you know there was a show yesterday, right? You yeah, just, you I, didn't miss it. yeah, of course. Okay. I knew that, yeah. All right. Okay. I actually tuned in. Oh, did you really? Yeah, I did, as a matter of fact. Uh, did you hear the part we were trying to figure out what you were doing on your day off? No. Okay. No, I did not hear that. I suggested that you were planning the parade for the D-backs. <laughs> K-Ray suggested that you were doing uh, gardening work. <laughs> uh, K-Ray knows better. I'm not doing gardening. Of course, he knows that. But I am planning the parade right now. These I love these guys. These guys, I'm in the danger zone when it comes to the Diamondbacks, the Dirty Backs, as they're known in the compound. The Dirty Backs. You're in the danger zone with, with two things in particular, and, and I think you're going to be rewarded on one of them. I think you're going to be left out uh, in the cold on the other one. We'll get into that in a little bit, too. we got to start Suns. And, and the idea that maybe this team is peaking at the right time. And, Wolf, even the bigger idea, you haven't gotten to talk about the fact that they have their first-round opponent yet, and they have the Clippers on yes. Sunday. Yeah, I know that. Yeah, the Clippers, of course. It kind of felt like the Suns wanted to play the Clippers in the first round. And I know there's going to be a lot of people out there that are going to say that's smart. That bothered me. I just want you to know that right now. I, I don't care. You're the Phoenix Suns. You're going to play anybody. Go out there and play your starters and manage their minutes and don't be afraid to play the Warriors in the first round because to be the best, you got to beat the best. This is the old school, former competitor, professional competitor coming out of me right now. Is it smart? No. <laughs> the smart thing is, let's go. Well, yeah, you know what? We're going to play the Clippers. We're going to try to play the Clippers in the first round so we can maybe have an easier opponent in the first round. But, man, if you're the Clippers... Wouldn't you take that personally a little bit? Of course you would. Yeah, you would. And we talked to Kellen yesterday, and obviously K-Ray was in here, and, and we talked to Eddie Johnson and Myers-Drysdale, too. It was like a, a Sun's Day on a Monday. But uh, the idea that you know the Clippers do have Norman Powell, and they do have Russell Westbrook, who I think at this point is probably people have gone so far the other way that yeah. people act like Russell Westbrook is a bad basketball player, which he isn't. Uh, I do think the Clippers are the easiest first-round matchup that the Suns could have gotten out of the, the four that were kind of on the table. But I also wonder if playing Golden State in the first round might not have been the better time to play Golden State when Andrew <laughs> Wiggins hasn't really been back and settled in. Now, I'm sure you can make the same case for the Suns, and that would be the argument. Sure. 
get your feet under you against a team like the Clippers and then maybe start to build some momentum going forward. Yeah, you know, listen, any team that has Kawhi Leonard on it, any team that has Kawhi Leonard on it. You have to keep an eye on them. You have to. And plus, too, when you look at everyone else, when you look at the Clippers, the one thing you can say about the Los Angeles Clippers, they are a physical team. Yeah, And they have been a physical team, especially under Ty Lu. They are a physical team. And it's going to be really, really interesting to see just how easily the Suns handle the Clippers or not. I, uh, You're right about Kawhi. I have a lot of respect for Ty Lu. I would be a little more concerned by the Clippers if they had Paul George, certainly healthy and ready to go. But they do have other pieces that make them... You know, a legitimate opponent. It's not like they're just a pushover, and they obviously weren't afraid to play the Suns because they went out and beat the Suns and knew they were going to be playing the Suns if they did that. I would not go as they far. They played their starters. They did. Yes. I would not go as far as Kendrick Perkins, though, uh, from yesterday. Even without Paul George, when I look at the Clippers and I look at their depth at the wing position, when you look at Kawhi Leonard and Nicholas Batone and Covington and, and Norman Powell, and you see all those multiple guys that they could actually throw at KD and Devin Booker when you got a guy like Trey Mann. See, I'm watching yesterday, and we saw Plumlee and Bones Holland getting each other face. That's because they care. Mm. And so over the last two months, we talk about Anthony Davis, and we talk about Joel Embiid and Giannis and, and, Jok- and Jokic, right? But we didn't talk about Kawhi Leonard, and he has quietly been dominating the league without getting our praise. And when I look at this matchup and I look at Ty Lue, and Richard knows this, Ty Lue is one to not be underestimated when it comes down to him game planning and looking forward to these challenges. So when I look at this and I look at Russell Westbrook, who also has something to prove, I got the Clippers in six beating the Phoenix Suns. Wow. Okay. That's aggressive. Yeah, that is aggressive right there. I give them a lot of credit because there's not a lot of NBA analysts that are saying that is going to be the case. But once again, can I just... My my concern, my concern right now is the fact that the Clippers can be a physical team. And you know, I've been talking about this. I think that is the way you approach beating the Phoenix Suns. Well, and you know they will approach it that way because we will. saw them do it two years that's ago. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, 100%. That's, that's, so that is what you're going to get. You're going to get a really, really physical team. And oh, by the way, right now, a team that is on point. Because they know the Suns tried to dodge the Warriors and play them. I I wonder. I, I just I, I go back to this of if you if you're gonna play the Warriors anyway. I'm not saying the Suns did anything wrong. I'm just wondering, just you know, for the the sake of conversation, would you rather play the Warriors in the first round when they're kind of ramping up and they they have that element of like you if you got. If you got up on them 2 nothing in the first round, would they look around and say, you know what, this, we're not going to win the title this year anyway and maybe not be the Warriors? Whereas if you play them in the third round, because that's the only place you're going to be able to play them now, they will be in full Warriors mode. Now, to get there, you'll be in full Suns mode too. And so, as I said a year ago, I really just want to see a Warriors-Suns matchup in the playoffs. Um, I don't think the Clippers are beating the Suns. I certainly don't think they're doing it in six. But but there are sneaky elements to this series that could make it a little bit tougher and could also wear on the Suns heading into the next round if they beat the Clippers. Yeah, it's just going to be very interesting to watch this, again, because of the physicality here, because that, I believe, is what most teams think of the Phoenix Suns. Their Achilles heel, 
most teams, I believe, in the NBA think their Achilles heel is they're not a physical team. And it starts with DeAndre Ayton. And looking at D.A. It's a big playoffs for D.A., I think. It kind of has gotten lost in the shuffle, but this is a big playoffs for D.A. I totally agree with that, honestly, right now. You want to set the tone? And he said he is the tone setter on this team. Mm -hmm. And his teammates believe that as well. And I believe it. He He is a physical specimen. He is a freak athletically. Now he's got to go out and he's got to play with that kind of intensity and that kind of physicality. We all know in the postseason, it gets more physical. Here it comes. I believe teams think the Phoenix Suns are soft. And if you're going to beat them, it starts with DeAndre Ayton and getting on DeAndre Ayton and beating DeAndre Ayton and Chris Paul physically. It just it feels to me like if the Suns go on a deep run, then D.A. is going to be a big part of that deep run. And then all talk of, of Andy like, well, you know, D.A., is, is, is he good enough? Is there, they need to move on from him? Is he dragging? That, that's all gone. If they go on another deep run, he's obviously going to be a part of it. That's all gone. You know, if Kendrick Perkins was right, and I don't think he will be, but if they went out in the first round and D.A. didn't play well, I mean, that all starts back up again this summer. I don't want to go through that again this summer. Like, I just want to sort of focus on a nice, deep sure. Suns run. You know what I mean? But, yeah, I mean, if they if they were to bow out early, that would be brutal if they lost to the Clippers. And Blame would obviously be going all around, but certainly every time Blame goes all around, it's going to find DeAndre Ayton, too. I think this is going to be a competitive series. I do. We'll see. Phoenix Suns back in the playoffs. We're giving you the chance to score the hottest ticket in town, Suns playoff tickets. Just text TICKET to 620-620 to register and listen for your name during the 7 a.m., 12 p.m., and 5 p.m. hours starting tomorrow for your chance to qualify for Game 1 tickets to see the Suns take on the Clippers on Sunday. Again, that's TICKET to 620-620. When we come back, the D-backs' great start continues. Can they keep this momentum going? It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. And Luke, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Okay, well, if we referenced it in the first segment of the show, I, you're in the danger zone in, uh, on two things, right? One is the D-backs being good, and one is the uh, Cardinals getting Will Anderson. Yes. I think you're going to go one for two. I think the D-backs are good. <laughs> The D-backs look okay. good. Okay, you're not so sure about the Will Anderson I, just, right I, now. I, I think they're going to trade that pick. I really, I, we can get into that. I, I definitely, I, the more, the closer we get oh, to the draft, gonna I think yeah, they're going to move down to number four and well, still get them. That's, uh, that, that, that's legit. But if that doesn't happen, I think they're still, I, I think them taking Will Anderson at three isn't going to happen. I think they're either going to trade down to four and take him or they're going to trade way down. But I think you're right about the D-backs, at least, or you're going to be rewarded for that uh, belief because they are now seven and four. They've won four in a row, something they did twice all of last season. They had a four-game winning streak and a five-game winning streak. And, uh, oh, by the way, Zach Gallon, seven innings, 11 strikeouts, three hits. He's back. Yes. Um, that was the best thing I thought about yesterday was the fact that Zach Gallen went out and looked like Zach Gallen. And not only that, not only that, that was encouraging, but also it was the first Diamondback starter in the rotation that took the ball and went out and looked dominant. Yeah. 
They've had to manufacture wigs. Exactly right. I think that is that is something that is very, very appealing, of course, going forward for the Arizona Diamondbacks. But they needed that. They needed somebody to take the ball in that rotation and go out and be dominant. And it was Zach Allen. And I don't know if there's a better trend that the Diamondbacks could have going forward than Zach Allen being able to take the ball and go out and look like himself. And that coupled with the fact that this team just... Just refuses, <laughs> refuses to take their foot off the gas. Um, everything we were hoping for, Luke, is starting to happen. Everything. Now, I realize we're talking about 11. <laughs> it's 11 games. Yeah, but look at the first, look who they played in the first 10 I, games. Exactly. They, I, this is the reason why I am so encouraged, because of who they have played. The Diamondbacks base in Orleans, their opponents are 19 and 13 now. They have a combined record, their opponents of 19 and 13. They've beat the Dodgers five times out of eight games. Five times, of course, Ron Wolfley reporting, doing math. The Padres, they beat that. The Padres, they beat them once. Now, they only played them twice, of course. And now the first place Central Division Milwaukee Brewers. Where'd you get that stat? Hold on. 19 and 13? Is yeah, that what it was? combined record. Okay, well, if you pull the D-backs games out of there, then I, exactly. those, those teams have only lost six games. Yeah. Think about it, right? So this is, this is what is so good about this team right now. They are scrappy. And I love that. You know that the, the D and D-backs, Paulie, stands for dirtbags in the Wolf League compound. So they would be the dirtbag backs. We love it. The dirty backs. Just absolutely love the way these guys play the game. It was it was awesome listening to, um, listening to. What are you, what are you, what are you, what are you laughing at? Just, I'm just laughing at Sarah. What? I was just laughing at that. <laughs> what was Sarah doing? No, nothing. She was just working oh, on her that update. Was so great. Yeah, I was listening to Bob Brenly just over the weekend. Of course, it was awesome because BB was talking about this. Look at the dirt on their uniforms. Every time you look at the Diamondbacks, look at how many guys well, they're embracing have a plethora it. <laughs> of dirt bag and stains. All it's great, man. I love what I'm seeing from the Diamondbacks. It's it's everything that if you were optimistic about this team, it's everything you've been hoping for, right? It was it was everything. It, it was it was the the case we built on this show for a month, and I'm sure a bunch of other people did as well. But if you were building a case for this team. To be 500 or better and to hang around in the race for a wild card spot or maybe better, it was this where yes. they survived the first 10 games because they don't have another 10 game stretch like that all season. They do it by putting pressure on the other team and being a stressful opponent uh, for the other team and by running and by defense. And they're doing it, Wolf. I mean, they had a game the other day where they scored 11 runs, didn't hit a home run. Okay. And you know what I said, maybe the best trend going forward for the Diamondbacks was the fact they had Zach Gallant get yes. the ball and go out and look like that. I I, I don't know. Maybe I, I'm going to have to temper that. I'm going to have to, I, you know what, forget what I said. Oh, no. Because, no, no I no, honestly, it's, it's Zach I no, it isn't. Oh, it, boy. It's the fact that this team with two outs, <laughs> you want to talk about in the danger zone? This team with two outs, they don't care. We got two outs. Watch us score two runs <laughs> with two outs. When they're the most dangerous right now when they have two outs. It's incredible. Isn't that right, Christian Walker? 
Oh, man, that two-run shot was huge, was it not, in this game? When they get a home run, because they, they haven't, I mean, they've hit, they, it's been fine. It's not like they're hitting a ton of home runs. Most of their runs come from getting on base and, and moving it along. But uh, when they get a home run right now, it's very impactful. And Christian Walker, for the last few years, has been hitting home runs that ultimately haven't mattered that much in the standings. And now, now they do. Uh, here's Tori Lovello talking about Christian Walker after the game. Yesterday, I know he was frustrated, and I had to go back and, and look at the at-bats. And, you know, he hit a hard double into right center field and walked. And I don't think that's a very bad day, but he's such a perfectionist. And I think, you know, he, he wears it for everybody to see when he's not happy. But um, he, he just can impact the game at any time. And he's always one swing away from me. He's, just got, he's got a beautiful swing, a beautiful approach. And he's always close. Even when he misses, he's close. And um, he clipped the ball today. It was, it was a really impressive swing. You hit a ball that far off the field, you, you're doing a lot right in your swing. I thought that was big right there, honestly. Um, we all know the Diamondbacks are young. They got a lot of guys, man. They got a lot of guys. It just dawned on me how many guys they have that are still in the process of trying to make their way at the highest level our species can generate. That's difficult to do. I don't care what your industry is, base and earnings. I don't care what your hand finds to do. If you're doing it at, at, at the highest level, we can generate as a species. You are, you've got a tough task. And the game of baseball is really, really hard. And they got a lot of young guys that are still in the process of making their way. The question marks still hang. Hey, Jake McCarthy. Is Jake McCarthy a slam dunk going? No. No. The question marks will hang over Jake McCarthy, even though I love him. That's the other part of this. The, Jake McCarthy's hitting 206. Gabriel Moreno's hitting 207. Alec Thomas is hitting 179. And yes. Seven and four. Yes. So, again, if one of those guys catches fire here, you figure more wins are coming. Now, the other part of this, though, is certainly Zach Gallen. His first outing wasn't great. It was against the Dodgers. His second outing wasn't great. It was against the Padres. And specifically because it's Zach Gallen, not great, looks bad because you were used to him being, we're used <laughs> right. to him basically being what he was well, last night. Well, we're used to him not having a 7.59 ERA. We're used to him going a month and a half without even giving up a run. Uh, here's Zach Gallen after the game. It felt a lot better. Um, delivery started it to click a little bit. Um, you know, it's the week had gone on and just kind of the game had gone on. Curveball started to feel a lot better too, so just kind of relied on that pretty heavily. Um, I feel like I had a pretty good game plan. You know, Gabby and I had drawn up pretty well, so just tried to roll with that. We had him on in spring training. Remember we were talking to him about how long this guy, he's young in his career, what is he, like 25? Yeah. This is a guy that if he wants to is going to be pitching when he's like 40 because he's so smart with what he does and so analytical about it, and you could see it last night. The Wolf, Luke, and Zach show. Zach Allen. Um, He was wasn't sharp, obviously, to start this game, uh, the first couple of innings, but he got that curveball right, which made the Brewers wrong, of course. And after about 30 pitches, you go back and you look at it, it was it took about 30 pitches for Zach to get it. But when he got his stuff right, he, his stuff was sharp after that, from that point forward. Um now, I, I will say that home plate umpire Scott Barry had a huge strike zone. I don't know if anyone else <laughs> was just absolutely blown away by that, but that's okay. Uh, it was, it was, at least he was consistent, I think, for both sides, both teams. Huge strike, the strike zone, though, Scott. 
Oh, my goodness. I'm just trying to figure out the last time the Diamondbacks didn't score a run in the first inning, and I think it was the Dodgers game last Thursday. I mean, they start off every game with a run or two or three. In the game the other night, on Sunday, against the Dodgers, it was just like, here's two, here's three, here's three more, here's another two. Uh, they are they are doing it the right way. And I think back to what Derek Hall told us last week, where even last season he had people from other teams coming up and being like, yeah, your, your team, they're a stressful team to play against. And I think the D-backs, I think the players on this team just love that, and they lean into it. And yes, it's only 11 games, but I don't think you could have realistically asked for the first 11 games to go much better than they have gone. Text us your thoughts to the FanDuel text line at 620-620 right now. We come back, a new mock draft, the latest from Mel Kuyper. How far does he have the Cardinals moving back? It's not to four, I can tell you that. It's Wolf and Luke in Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. The NFL Draft. News on number three. Draft coverage. Live, local, late breaking. All right, Mel Kuyper has put out his uh, most up-to-date mock draft, Wolf, this morning. And specifically when Mel Kuyper does it. I feel like we all kind of take a look, right? Because there's, there's certain everybody has a mock draft now. I feel like, but Mel Kiper in particular is right up there. Todd McShay. There's a few of them that are like, okay, if this guy's putting out a new one, we're gonna have to take a look at it. Uh, and he referenced in there, you know, this obviously there's been some, there's been free agency that's happened since his first mock. He's done a few of these now. I think it's the fourth one. A lot has changed since the first one. So now here we are, two weeks away from the draft, basically. It's two weeks from this Thursday. And I'm reading through this, and it is an interesting mock draft. Why do you say that? I've got a lot. This is how many thoughts I have. I wrote them down, Wolf. I wrote down some <laughs> thoughts, okay? Do you want to start Cardinals, or you want to go elsewhere? Um, Let's go elsewhere. Okay. Uh, he has quarterbacks going one, two, three, and four. Okay. So the first four picks so. in the draft are quarterbacks. <laughs> I like that. I, I I know nothing else, but I like that. Okay. Now, the problem with that is that, of course, means that the Cardinals are trading and trading past four. So if you want Will Anderson, you're not getting Will Anderson in this, in this uh, scenario. I see. Uh, let's see. He also has Will Anderson going to Detroit at six. So he... he Seattle, he has taken Jalen Carter, and then he has the Lions just sitting there at six, like, oh, yeah, Will Anderson? Salt. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Yeah, okay. So uh, there's that. But where he has the Cardinals going is making a trade with the Tennessee Titans. He only has two trades in this entire draft. He he did two rounds, so it's it's, I believe this is Kuyper's first two-round mock draft of the year, and he only has two trades in the 63 picks that he makes, but one of them is the Cardinals trading down with Tennessee, so the Cardinals would then pick at number 11, and he has them taking Tyree Wilson there. Wow. Okay. Um, I wonder if Tyree Wilson is going to be there at number 11. That's I a do. Fair um, question. There's many people who believe that he could also go to the Raiders at number seven overall, and I think that's a distinct possibility there, no doubt about it. Um, Yet having said that, uh, okay, you know, I I don't, I'm in the danger zone on Will Anderson, I really am, but I will admit, ladies and gentlemen, there's no guarantee that he is going to be the player that I think he's going to be. You know, that's the one thing about it. When, When you're a scout in the National Football League, they want you to have conviction. They want you to be convicted 
They want to know that you're ready to stand on the chair, stand on the table for your guy, oh, captain, my captain, and go to bat for him and say, no, I believe this guy. You, They want conviction from scouts. And you know what? That's why I'd never be a good scout, <laughs> because I just don't have that much conviction. And the reason being is because human beings are wild cards. None of these guys have played in the NFL. None Not of these guys of have played at the highest level our species can generate. And when you haven't played at the highest level, stuff happens. The reason, I mentioned this earlier, the reason I'm, I'm starting to think more and more that the Cardinals are not going to end up with Will Anderson is because I don't think they're just going to sit at three and take him. So I think the only option really is if they trade down with the Colts, if they trade down one spot. And, and you know, he has he has them trading with Tennessee, and Tennessee moves into that spot and takes Anthony Richardson. So, look, if the Colts want Anthony Richardson, they probably are going to have to trade up with the Cardinals. But it just, to me, more and more you start to see some of the potential offers they might get for that third pick. And you see some of the moves that they have or haven't really been making this offseason. That, to me, looks more like a let's let the new GM build this team. Otherwise, why wouldn't you bring in or bring back Byron Murphy or bring in a player or two if you really are going to go draft Will Anderson and try to turn this around by 2024, which is what I would be doing. But if they are at least taking a specific path, that path right now seems to be let's stockpile picks. And if you want to go down that path, this is what Mel Kuyper. I was just going to say. So, what did Mel Kuyper actually say the Arizona Cardinals could get for moving down to eleven? So he said the most the most recent comp that that, that comes closest to this is the Miami San Francisco trade in twenty twenty one, where the Forty ers got number three overall and, and for the number twelve selection got some other picks. Um, this is what he has the Cardinals getting from Tennessee because remember Tennessee would have to move up from eleven. Pick number eleven. Pick number 41 in this draft as well, a 2024 first rounder, and likely either a 2025 first or second rounder as well. So that would be three firsts and a second. I don't know how you're going to, in the position the Cardinals are in, I don't know how they would turn that down for one defensive player, even if he is as great as a lot of us think Will Anderson's going to be. Oh, my goodness. See, here's my conviction right now. Right? Ron, how sure are you that Will Anderson's going to be all that? Are you ready to stand? Well, here, let's play this out. T- <laughs> you, be, you be the scout, okay? Okay, and yeah. So you're, you're all in. How right. do you feel about Will Anderson? Uh, oh, my goodness. I, I'm sold on Will Anderson. I absolutely think he's going to be incredible. He's not only the tangible of of the goodness he brings and his ability to play and the athlete that he is, but also the intangibles, the way he can impact everybody else. This guy, I am sold on him of anybody in the first round of anybody in this draft i should say will anderson is the closest to being a guarantee okay and in this scenario i'm monty austin for it okay so let me ask you this too scout wolf yeah um what do you think about him as a person Oh, my goodness. That's the best thing about it. He's, he's one of the best guys in this draft. He might be one of the best guys in college football coming out. As a matter of fact, he might be one of the best football players as a person that we've been around or seen in a long, long time. Okay, well, how about this? I have Tennessee on the phone, and they're offering three first-round picks in a second. What? Yeah. So are you three sure you feel that good about him? 
because we could get a lot well, with nobody's three first rounders. <laughs> nobody's a guarantee, Luke. If you nobody were, if you were is the, a guarantee. The lead scout, See, the this team is would never I'm, draft anybody. This is what I'm talking about. You know, no, honestly, when you say that, what Mel is saying, the Cardinals might get, how do you not do that when you know there are no guarantees? Even if you think Will Anderson is the closest to being a guarantee, how would you turn that down? I don't know how you could in the position the Cardinals are in. If if you were if you were a playoff team and Kyler Murray was hurt last year and he was coming back, and you're like, no, we have a playoff contending team, and we're we're just randomly picking at three because Kyler was hurt. Then you might say, you know what? Forget it. We don't want your picks because those aren't sure things either. We'll take Will Anderson because we know we're a playoff team. But the Cardinals are not approaching this offseason like they know they're a playoff team, certainly. And if a team offered that, I don't know how you could say no. And that's that's why that's why I'm, I'm fairly convinced they're not just going to sit at three and take Will Anderson. They're either going to make a trade with the Colts or they're going to trade further down where they won't get Will Anderson. Yeah, I don't no. know how you could say no. I, no, I know. Um, it's going to be interesting to see. You know what? The way it's shaping up right now, Basinonians, I, I think this is going to be a draft day trade. That's Ooh. what I think. And just add to the intensity of draft Oh, night. yeah. The pressure, the ultimate pressure point, bringing it right up to the draft, maybe even to the pick. Can you imagine? That's You're dangerous. on the clock. You go up to the right pick. Right now, yes. To the pick. I, I could see this happening. Two minutes and 17 seconds left, and they still haven't traded or made the pick. Uh, Foo Fighters is going to be playing uh, Talking Stick Resort Amphitheater on October 31st, or October 3rd, rather. General on sale uh, begins this Friday at 10 a.m. Head to the contest page on ArizonaSports.com for complete details and your chance to win tickets. When we come back, the NBA playoffs do start tonight. We've got some play-in games. Any chance the Timberwolves, who have just completely self-destructed, could maybe beat the Lakers? We'll get into that next. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Wolf and Luke. Suns run to the playoffs coverage. Brought to you by Canvas Annuity. Score up to 6.25% on your retirement savings. We can get this started tonight, Wolf. We don't have a Suns game until Sunday. That's a good thing. We got playing games tonight, though. Hawks Heat over in the East. And then Lakers Timberwolves tonight, 7 o'clock. And uh, if you're holding out, hope that the Timberwolves could maybe pull the... And none of these would be like a huge upset, but... You know, a lot of people believe that Lakers may just uh, go right through the Western Conference. In fact, I've seen that prediction a lot. So, by the way, it's not original. Um, if you were holding out hope that the Timberwolves might be able to beat them, well, Rudy Gobert got himself suspended for punching his teammate on Sunday, and Jaden McDaniels got himself hurt for punching a wall on Sunday. So what is going on with the end of the season right here, you know? <laughs> the outburst in emotion. Yeah, I know. It's very, very tough. Can I just say this, too? Quickly about the play-in games. I was against the play-in games. Does that surprise you to hear that I was against the play-in games when not. the NBA first came no. out with this this brand new form? What are you doing? Just knock it off. Why are you overthinking this? Why are you letting more teams into the postseason than should be allowed? That was my argument right here. Boy, what a recantation. <laughs> Can I recant on that, please? Uh, look, the the sun is the center of the universe, okay? <laughs> 
I'm just. Are we starting from basics now? <laughs> yes. No, the earth is the center of the universe. Uh, I just want to recant on that because it just was wrong. This actually has worked out fantastic. And the reason why I love it so much is the fact that the last few games of the NBA season are just jammed. It is, it is, they're meaningful. And I think that is really, really important going forward. Now, you'd like to see game number 30 be meaningful as well. And you not sitting a guy down because, you know what, we bought tickets to come see this guy play. And we'd love to see him play instead of you just saying, well, he, you know, we had to manage. Well, yeah, but at least in this case, when you get down to the last weekend of the season and you have a shot to be in that play in tournament, you would never sit six of your players and, and have Luca only play one quarter in like one play. <laughs> no, no team would ever just complete. Except you want, for the Dallas Mavericks. You want to talk about cheapening the athletic process. One of the most confusing slash disgraceful things I've ever seen in sports. Okay. Yes. Why, why do you think that happened? Seriously. Why so do you that they that can get happened? the 10th pick in the draft, who's a guy that probably will never help them. Okay. Um, what they're basically saying is what? Kyrie is gone or we're going to sign Kyrie? I, I said this yesterday, so I don't need to get too far back into it, I guess. But if I'm Luca, That's all right. I'm not Kyrie. <laughs> you're not. You guys are so similar. If I'm Luca, all you said to me was, we don't trust you enough to win a one-and-done playoff game. So we decided <laughs> to throw a year of your career away so that we might get the 10th pick in the draft. I will say this, Wolf. If if the Mavericks somehow win the draft lottery and get Victor Wembanyama, yes, I'm out. Okay, out. Yeah, after the garbage they pulled this weekend. Okay, no, also, that's, out that's like, not going to happen. Like they're out of the play in tournament because I don't want it to okay. happen. <laughs> <laughs> it's not la 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 la. What are you talking about, Luke? How often does that work for you? The I don't um, want it. It to happen. doesn't work very. Right. Yeah, not not very often. But in the Western Conference, is there a series you're looking at right now? A series that you're salivating over? Well, let me let me add one thing to what you said about the play in yes. tournament because I I wasn't as against it as you were, but I didn't really see a whole lot of value in it other than where I missed was I didn't account for the pressure it puts on the fifth and sixth seed going into the last weekend of the season two. I just kind of looked at it as, okay, if you're the ninth or 10th best team in your conference, you have something to play for. What I, what I didn't think of before we saw it start to play out the last couple of years was if you're the sixth seed, you don't want to fall to seven. So you got to be awake the last weekend of the season. Yes. So I do like that a lot. Yeah, I, I love that as well. And I love the fact that the 9-10, you, you know, again, uh, you're not eliminated if you lose the 7-8. You know, I yeah. love that. Yeah, they were smart you're about li- it. They were really, really, the way they did it and crafted it, it's just very, very cool. And I think it, it keeps everybody engaged and involved. And I do like the fact that you, you do. You have six seeds. And if you get into those top six seeds, man, you're good to go. You actually are going to get a break. You don't have the playing games. I, I love that as well. You've got to manage that. Um, yes, but in the Western Conference, if there's one series that I really am looking at outside of the Phoenix Suns and the Clippers, for me personally, it's got to be the Kings Warriors. It does. That, to me, is really appealing to me. Um, Sacramento, stop and think about it. The antithesis of the Golden State Warriors yep. is the Sacramento Kings. I'm sure Golden State's favored in that series. I haven't looked. I'll look during the next break because well, my phone's I, I'm just there. saying uh, Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, Draymond Green, Steve Kerr. Do I need to say anything else? And now all of a sudden you got the Sacramento Kings 
a team that has been doubted the entire season. And here they are as the number three seed. Um, yeah, but what are you going to do in the postseason? It, it is, you've got a dynasty in the Golden State Warriors, a modern NBA dynasty. And then you've got the Sacramento Kings, the exact opposite on the NBA spectrum of talent and accomplishment. You've got the Sacramento Kings on one end and the Golden State Warriors on the other. Boy, this basically. is so Golden State, I'm not too. saying just this year. I'm, I'm talking about over the years. Golden State just sitting in sixth, right? No big deal, just in sixth. I don't know if, you, if, if people noticed, but their horrible, horrible road record this season, they probably went out and won their last two road games over the weekend. Of course. So, oh, oh we need to win these games oh, now? Yeah. Okay, yeah, we're okay. fine. We'll just turn it back on. And I don't... <laughs> No disrespect to Sacramento, but I mean, you could put way, me in that group of picking Golden were State. The, were the Golden State Warriors trying to dodge the Phoenix Suns? They were not. No. No. They were not. They seem ready to play the Suns, and we're going to have to wait a couple rounds if that's even going to happen. Uh, the games tonight, the Lakers and the Timberwolves. Here's uh, here's LeBron. The winner of that game plays Memphis, so we're going to have another first-round opponent set up. Here's LeBron. You get Minnesota next. What does that mean to you? That we get Minnesota next. That's all. We prep. We start playoff prep tomorrow for them, and and, um, and we get ready for Tuesday. Wow. Thanks, LeBron. That, okay, was, that was pretty profound. There it is right there. It was good, though. You know, it means we got Minnesota next, and here we go. We're going to do that. And right now, I will admit, the Lakers are dangerous. They are. They well, have talent. The path has broken pretty well for them. It really has, because you're going to play a Minnesota team that melted down in a way on Sunday that is is overshadowed by whatever Dallas was doing on Sunday, or over the weekend, but Minnesota knew they were going to the play-in tournament. They won their game yes. and proceeded to have Rudy Gobert get himself suspended by the team and have Jaden McDaniels, I believe, end his season. <laughs> and, and what did he do again? He tried Luke? to punch his teammate, <laughs> who called him a name I can't say okay. on the radio. But okay, great. Um, what is it with Rudy Gobert, by the way? We just go all the way back to touching the microphone. Yeah. You know what I mean, Rudy? Yeah, and, uh, Rudy. What is it? Keep your hands to yourself. You understand that this team just completely <laughs> gutted their future and traded way too much to get you, and this is how you reward Whoa. them by not being available for the play-in game against the Lakers? Here's Chris Finch, Timberwolves head coach, after that game. Certainly immaturity, like, you know, it's been one of our kind of issues all season. Been immature at the wrong times. Uh, you know, probably points to why we're... You know, three and three and nine or three and ten against some of the teams that we should be better against, but those days are gone. We got focused now on what we got and what we can move forward with, and I guess we play the Lakers, so head out there. Yeah, there it is right there. And you're gonna play the the Lakers, and that's gonna be tough, but what do you think is tougher, the Eastern Conference or the Western Conference in terms of the matchups overall? Uh, the West. I mean, the, definitely. The, the teams at the top of the East, Milwaukee, Boston, Philadelphia, I would say any of those three teams could win the title. I would pick Milwaukee. But beyond that, there's there's no title contenders beyond those three in the East, do you think? I mean, yeah. I, 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 I just don't see it with any of the other seven yeah, teams. Yeah, for me, for the most part, it, it's Milwaukee or Boston. That's fair. Those are the two right there that I think really have the ability to win a title but in at the least, whole thing. At least in the West, you can, you can certainly argue for Denver. 
you know, Memphis now with a big injury to Steven Adams, but there are people that would make that argument. Obviously the Suns, obviously the Warriors. People are making the argument for the Lakers. So that right there is five teams, you know, if New Orleans had I just don't know if you can really, can you say that? Uh, The Lakers? With the the Lakers, they have the talent. I get it. They have the accomplishment. I don't think so, but I would take the Lakers over the Knicks. That is LeBron, of course, and Anthony Davis, but... Yeah, you know what? I, I I just can't do it. Right. I can't put him in don't that category right there. I'm not going to do it. Don't as do a matter it. of fact, I don't I'm want telling you. To do you it. I think the Denver Nuggets, Luke. That I, I think they um, have the ability to win the whole thing. Yeah, I do. And I also think Memphis. I think they do. I think they could, and I think that the Warriors do, and so do the Suns. Okay, those so that's four, four teams. That's four in the West. I'm not sure how I feel about Memphis at this point, but I, I think you could certainly roll Memphis and the Lakers into one of them has a chance to at least go far. Uh, when we come back, how did the Suns match up against the Clippers in round one? We're going to ask Suns broadcaster John Bloom. He will join us next. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.